Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Naked Pastor, the show that's all about you, your questions regarding God, faith, religion, and the Bible. Tonight we're talking about why is the cross so important? Why does it, there had to be a cross? And this show is brought to you by Hashtag Audio, South Africa's, one of South Africa's leading audiovisual companies. And um, you, I'll give you the details as we go along tonight. So let's just jump into it. What a hectic week. What a hectic week. What's been happening in our country? If you're listening from abroad, this is I come from South Africa. And uh, our show is um, based here from the south coast in KZN, KwaZulu-Natal. And we have had riots. We have had people looting. What a what a dismal period in our country. Wow. Um, so, and all the more. That's all the more why we need to just zoom in on the cross and what it means for us. Uh, good evening, George. Nice seeing you guys. You on. And, uh, yeah. So, let's get right into it. The more we see the chaos around us, we got, you know, we... we almost two years in, into this pandemic, COVID pandemic. Um, now, in the world, a lot of people make different things about it. Then there's the whole vaccine around it. And basically, you've got conspiracy theories flying each way, which way, ever way you want to. And you make of it what you want to. It's just that's up to you. It's your choice. All I can say is that there's no conspiracy theory regarding my immune system. And uh, so, but what happened on the cross well i want to just uh read you a little story quickly before we start off there was a cross up in a second-hand store and the caption said a cross for sale used only once the reason for sale it limits my lifestyle and keeps me in check and um well a restaurant owner buys the this cross and puts it in front of his restaurant and he and it reads this this cross freed me my lifestyle and did not limit me it helped me deal with my self-righteousness and selfishness. It saved my marriage, made me look at my children and you, my client, in another way. As a client, you will be served with outstanding food because you are important to us. And we very much want you to retain you as a client. Regarding the cross, this only means something to the person who appropriates the power thereof for the present and the eternal. And our prayer is that you will do so. Thank you. So here's the thing, I sat with, the, uh, when we started this COVID, started 18 months or so ago, we had a whole feeding scheme, and I sat with a new age lady, and a spiritualist, for, for lack of a better word, and talking to her, that's her faith, that's her religion, that's what she believes, that uh, nature is God, and we all get absorbed, and we, uh, I don't know, I don't quite understand that, it just blows my mind a little way. I think Romans says it nicely, we ought to worship the creator and not the creation. And so I asked her, if I would give you a Bible, would you read it? And her answer actually startled me. She says, no, I will not read it. And I asked her, why will you not read it? It was a very gentle um, conversation. I was trying to understand and learn off her where she is at, what, the, what she believes, what does her movement believe, why they believe that, and the whole story. So it wasn't a, uh, an attacking conversation. It was generally a very informative conversation. And she said, and she said exactly those words. It limits me. I do not want to be limited. I don't want to be uh, constricted like that. A cross is a liberating symbol. Jesus on the cross has won a victory for you and I. 
you we get free from it listen to what it says in roman 1 16 for i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes you see without the cross there is no gospel the gospel of jesus christ is the gospel the good news good news that you and i no longer have to be victim to circumstances six disease and sin we don't we we, are, we don't have to be uh, bound to whatever lies in our bloodline you know a lot of us come from dodgy backgrounds we don't have to be bound that we come from abusive homes we don't have to be ab abusers because the abusee normally becomes the abusor we we don't have to suffer with low self-esteem and insecurity it doesn't matter where we come from the cross is the power of god 1 corinthians 1 18 says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing another translation says it's foolishness to the world it is foolishness but verse 23 we pre preach christ crucified for it is the power of god first corinthians 2 to for i decided to know nothing amongst you except jesus christ and him crucified the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the lord and it's so profound um we can't be wise if we don't start off by fearing the creator galatians 6 14 but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our of our lord jesus christ without the cross there is no gospel so why is the cross so important because the cross is on which the gospel hangs sin was conquered on the cross Jesus was made sin. We've spoken about this, but I want to reiterate. Repetition breeds revelation. This is so important. 2 Corinthians 5.21. He, Jesus, became sin for us. He didn't carry my sin. He became my sin. He became. My sin needs punishment. He didn't take my sin on him and then had a punish took punishment he became the sin and the sin got beaten the sin got punished all right so it's very important he became my sin all right so jesus on the cross conquers sin the record of death that was against me has been nailed to the cross and all the hostile minor de decrees have been cancelled okay so god's anger rages against sin always has always will god hates sin he absolutely detests sin it is it's the difference between light and darkness god cannot take darkness where he goes darkness flees where righteousness is there's no unrighteous where holiness is sin leaves god hates sin so that and he he, he took out punishment throughout the generations and people say but what a cruel god you serve look in the old testament he killed this guy he killed that guy that guy this and god just killed him and nailed him and yes because he is righteous and holy it can't stand in him and god had to deal with man according to the law he said to him the wages of sin is death the that's what you deserve you deserve to die when you sin you deserve to die you and i deserve to die when we sin yeah, but what is sin? You know, a lot of people go down that avenue and say, well, what is sin? You know, it's not sin for me. Uh, once again, who elevated you? 
Who made you the boss to say what is sin and what is not sin? Yeah, but you know, it's only words. You know, who says that's a curse word? Well, the meaning behind it says it's a curse word. The, that, that which is implied is unholy. It's, it's derogative. It's filthy. It's debase. So that's why it is. I mean, that's just the end of the story. Yes, there are words that in different languages mean different things, but you can't fool God. You can't even fool yourself. You know what you're doing. We're all born with an innate sense of what is right and what is wrong. That's what happened. When That's exactly what we got enticed with. When Satan to, said to Eve, you will know, your eyes will be opened. That's what opened, to know the difference between right and wrong. All humans know the difference between right and wrong. But what about babies? Babies are not going to be judged. Babies are innocent. Yes, they're born into sin, but they haven't started sinning yet. There's no cognitive of what is right and what is wrong. It's a certain stage where you get your mind. You become conscious of what goes on around you. That's when you become accountable with God. And you can't split that and maybe, yeah, well, I'm you know, Let's talk about it, Lord. No, you know and he knows. You mean stop lying to yourself. Don't fool yourself. You can't fool God. The only person you're trying to fool is yourself. You know, not you, listener. I mean, obviously, you guys are all sorted, eh? Through faith, I consider myself crucified. Galatians 2.24. Therefore, I can count myself dead for sin. Romans 6.11 and 14 says basically the same thing. You see, this is what, what it says, is that through the cross, I'm no longer subject to the law of sin and death. I am now subject to the law of the spirit of life. You remain under law always, always. Before the cross and after the cross, you will remain under law. For those people that would say, but I don't want to be under the cross. I want to be on top of the cross. That's fine. You then remain under the law of sin and death. Your sin equals death. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get a second death, an eternal death, a punishment. Imagine just standing under, having boiled water poured down your back. That is just, that, that is a fraction of what hell will be like. You see, let me explain to you hell like this. When Jesus was crucified, the, the whole ordeal started back in Jerusalem where they whipped him with a cat of nine tails, hooks that ripped into his flesh, pulled his flesh from his skin, and a gruesome 39 shots like that. The Bible says he didn't cry out. All right, he didn't cry out. Imagine that pain. Then they put thorns, a crown of thorns into his head. Okay, the Bible says he did not cry out. Then when I put him on the cross, they nailed nails through his hands and his feet. The Bible doesn't recall him crying out. But at a certain stage, God the Father separates himself from Jesus. He rejects him. He looks away because he had to be rejected. He, God cannot look upon sin and approve. And Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That to him was excruciating pain. It was more painful than the whips and the holes in his hands and feet. That's what hell is. Separation from the grace of God. Separation from the presence of of God. Let's just sing that in for one second. 
Because hell is no joke. It's no joke. It's you know, people just like well, whether I go to. I heard Oprah Winfrey say in the show the other day that um, if I go to heaven or go to hell, I'm accountable for that. Like it's like a walk in the park. I'll be able to handle. It. I'll be able to deal with it. You know, like I'll cope. I'll cope. You know, I'll just I'll cope. I'll make it happen. You know, I'm strong. I'm tough. I'm successful. I'm a millionaire. You know, I've got broad shoulders. Well, you don't know the life I've been through, bro. There's nothing life can throw at me. I'll be able to handle. I can maintain. I, you know, you know, I'll front up, bear up, and you know, carry on. Not in hell, bro. Not in hell. There, there you powerless. There you opinionless. There is no vote. There's no what your will is gone because you will will for something else. Some people will gnaw at God in anger. Why have you done this to me? Why? You know, and it's still defiant in hell. And others will just cry out because of pity and pain and sorrow and heartache. It is not something to play with. It's not something to ponder, well, maybe I see chance for it. It's, it's, it's not a gamble like, well, maybe let's immigrate and we can make it work. It's, it's, let's, let's resign this job and I'll get another job and we'll make it work. Yeah, we'll take a, you know, take a couple of steps back to take more steps forward. No, no, it's not coming back from that. Hell is going to be exactly what it says. It's going to be hell, not hell on earth. It's going to be hell. All right. So sin has been conquered on the cross. And when I become subject to the spirit of the law of life, Romans 8.20, I am no longer subject to the spirit or the law of sin and death. No longer do I belong in that equation. No longer does that apply to me. I am in a spirit of life and I will not taste the second death. You will not taste the second death. Why? Because that's the good news of Jesus on the cross. He conquered sin. He took the beating for sin. He was pummeled for sin. It was accounted and accredited and attributed to him. All sin, all your sin, all my sin, all the sin in the past, all the sin in the future, if we would accept it. But it applies to us. But if we don't accept it, we will have no benefit. Then the cross will be powerless. It will be folly. It will be like, you're talking nonsense, man. It means nothing. You see, here's the thing. The minute the cross starts being effective in your life, things change. You change. I remember in my BC days, there was nothing wrong. I never felt guilty any Thursday morning or every Sunday morning for going out on Wednesday night or for over-intoxicating myself on a Saturday night. I never felt any remorse. I actually brag about it. I know you know people like that, how, how drunk they were. They don't feel guilty about it. Or they've done this or they've done that. Chase some tail. They don't feel guilty about it. They brag about it. They actually come and say, well, this is how much of me. It's just amazing. But when I got saved, I started feeling convicted in my heart that I cannot do it. I cannot carry on like that. Why? Because there's a new birth. There's a there's a something in your heart happens where you become, your eyes open, your the eyes of your heart, your eyes of your conscience open up, and you realize I have been messing with sin. I was so happy in hell and enjoying it there and looking forward to the trip to eternal hell that it didn't bother me. 
But when you get saved, when your eyes get open, you realize, hey, I'm in trouble. I need to change something. You see, but it's something happens because the Holy Spirit moves into you. He comes and makes his abode, his permanent residence inside of you. And he lifts you up and he says, okay, you are no longer under that law. That law of sin and death no longer applies to you. You are now under the law of the spirit of life. So therefore, I can't boast in, not, no, no one of us can boast. She, here's the thing. People try to earn their way to heaven by doing good deeds. You know, I was speaking to some people, it's like, are you, are you going to heaven? Yes, why? Yeah, well, I've been a good guy. How good have you been? You know, what's the pass rate for being good? 50%, 60%, 70%, 80%, What's the pass rate? When no one's perfect, none of us are perfect, so we can't maintain 100%. We can't be 100% good. No one, no, no matter how good we are, no matter how considerate and thoughtful we are, we all have a bad hair day. We all have a day where we just stuff up. We all have a day where we just want to like, I wish I can drive over that guy. Or I can hang this kid by his neck, you know. We all have that day where we proper curse and get mad. So you can't be. So here's the thing. God is perfect. You have to be able to go into perfection and imperfection cannot go into perfection so i cannot boast that i've conquered sin i cannot boast in anything but the power of the cross of the lord jesus christ sin has been conquered i can kill the works of the flesh by the means of the power of the holy spirit and the word of truth here's the thing when the holy spirit resides in you you start dominating over sin. And we actually don't have an excuse. We really don't have an excuse. I want to take you to the story of Cain and Abel. It's easy to remember who got who because we all know the alcohol, Cain, Cain stoned Abel. So that's kind of easy to remember. And um, before this whole ordeal went down, before Cain killed his brother, God said to him, Cain, sin is crouching at your door. Rule over it. What is Profound about this, this is before the cross. Long before the cross, God believed enough in mankind to rule over sin. He said to him, Cain, sin is crouching at your door. You rule over it. How much more can we, after the cross, with the power of the Holy Spirit, rule over it, over sin in our lives? But see, we have to get to a place where we say, I'm done with it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. You and I need to get their dog serious about it and make a decision to say, this is no longer part of my makeup. I am no longer talking like this. I'm no longer acting like this. I'm, this is no longer a habit of mine. Um, There's no longer a mindset of mine. And finish and clear. End of story. Illness, this is beautiful. Why the cross? Why, why is it so important? Illness has been conquered. God made Jesus ill without, with our illnesses. Isaiah 53, 5, 7, 11 says he paid for every illness. Isaiah 52, 14. His face and his whole appearance was marred more than any man's. He carried all illnesses of the joints. Through his wounds we received healing is it jesus 
took on every every disease, every sickness. There are two legs to the cross. There's a horizontal and a vertical leg on the cross. Let's say the horizontal one is for our sin. The vertical one is for our healing. It's for our health. I know it's difficult for us to calculate. You know, like people die, people get sick, young people die, people get cancer. I don't have the answers to that. All I know that the Bible says it's finished. It's finished. There's no debate. There's no if, but, or maybes. How come? Nothing. It is finished. He paid for our sickness. He paid for our disease. We can trust him for healing. John G. Lake, in the beginning of the century, when the Spanish flu, they would put it in his hands and this flu would die. He would never get sick of it, nor the people on his team. Nobody, a hundred people odd that was trained up in his team, that never get sick. They didn't know how to die. Their bodies were functioning, immune to sickness and disease. They died of old age. Uh, we can walk in miraculous healing power. Psalm 103 says, Forget not the benefits of the Lord your God who heals all your disease. Okay, so it means all, everything, every single disease. He can heal. He wants to heal. But I have to apply. Don't know how it works always. I've seen people get healed from migraines to cancer to broken arms and right in front of me. I've seen people get healed from crooked backs, shortened legs um, right in front of me. I've seen people get eyes go open, ears go open right in front of me. I've prayed for people that have had that done. And God go. Not everybody. Don't know. Can't tell. But God is sovereign. He's in charge. He's in control. Here's the thing. You have to have an eternal view of it. There is not one person in heaven today with any disease, any deafness, any blindness, any, any limb shorting, any brain damage. Every single one of them are perfectly healed. Some people are healed before the grave and others after the grave. And that's up to God. He is king. You see, once again, we can't approach this like a democracy. Let's vote about it. Let me just, I want to I wanna vote about this, you know. God, let's, you're going to yield. Let's vote. Please yield. All in favor, say aye, 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 aye. Okay, God, you must yield. No, he doesn't get prescribed to. It's not an objective thing. It's a subjective thing. You become subject to him. He's the boss. He's the creator. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He is the one with the authority. He is the one that's high and lifted up. He is the one worthy of open the seals. He is the one worthy of praise. It's to him and him alone that angels bow and cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. To him alone is referred the rock of ages, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the lamb worthy to be slain. To him alone is the name ascribed as the commander of the armies of heaven the Lord of hosts, the God of the breakthrough. He alone is high and lifted. No one compares, no one parallels with him. He alone 
He has got no rivals. He's got no equals. He's got no foe. He is on his own, self-existing, self-sustaining, the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God. He alone, him alone. And how we, we have to get off our high horses where we think we can tell him. We have to get off our high horses where we say, let's dictate to God. Let's tell him what he must do. Lord, you must heal. Lord, you must this. Lord, you must provide. Lord, you must. We need to get off our, it's he is the mighty king. He is the line of Judah. He is the one with flaming eyes. He is the one that's coming again on the clouds. If we understand that, we understand what has been achieved on the cross. Why is the cross so important? Number one, sin has been conquered. Number two, illness has been conquered. And number three, death has been conquered. You see, when Jesus died, he descended into hell. And he preached the gospel in the corridors of hell to all the dead. To all the unbelievers, to those who do not did not know. And he walked straight up to Satan. And he said, Thank you for my keys. And he took the authority away. He took the keys. And he rose from the dead. And he ascended into heaven. He sits on the right hand of the Father. He has the keys of David. Scripture says, all authority has been given unto me. You see, Jesus has all the authority. There's no one with more authority. He alone has authority. It's to him that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Him alone. So he defeats death. David writes, or Paul writes it like this, Death, where is your sting? David writes, writes it like this, Where shall I go? Even though I make my bed in hell, there you are. I will fear no evil. Even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. Even if I pass from this life to the next, there God is. There Jesus is. He's holding my hand right through the ordeal. I have to fear no evil. He conquered death. Death is not something to fear. Death is not something, death without Christ is something to fear. Death with the reward of eternal hell is something to fear. But death with Christ, with the cross, in Christ Jesus, and he in me is not something to fear. The power of darkness is broken. Sin, wickedness, unrighteousness, affliction, rejection, anxiety, and scorn Transgressions and iniquity, unrighteousness, guilty conscience, wounds, disease, and abuse, curses, generational bloodline curses, word curses, death, poverty, condemnation, abandonment, loneliness, works of the devil, fear, sin consciousness, and self-will broken on the cross. Why is the cross important? Because it 
is the gospel. It's the power. Because on the cross there is forgiveness, holiness, and righteousness. The kingdom of the Son of God of love. Joy and acceptance, peace and adoption. Innocence and a clean conscience. Healing and blessing. Life and riches. No condemnation. Acceptance and never abandoned. Delivered from the works of the devil. Complete revelation. Open eyes to see. Boldness. Free from fear. Free from fear. Free from sin consciousness. And the ability to know the will of God. Why the cross? The show is brought to you by Hashtag Audio, one of South Africa's leading audiovisual companies. For all your audiovisual requirements, contact Hashtag Audio, whtav.co.za. This is the Naked Pastor. Here's your naked truth. Without the cross, there is no gospel. This is your naked truth, whether you like it to not or not. The cross to those who are not being saved is idiocy. But to you and me, it is the power of God, whether you like it or not. The cross is the only way to salvation. Whether you like it or not, you cannot earn your way into heaven. Only by the cross. Good night. Thanks for dialing in. God bless. See you guys next week.